0: Diversion Audio. Rat race got you down.
1: It's August 1992, and "End of the Road" by Boys to Men is at number one. Even though this was the beginning of the road can't believe I've done that for a TV legend yes even though uh, HBO have been around for 20 or so years by this point it was about to enter its golden age with this guy at the helm you know Hank I was just uh, wondering why you say that hey now thing what do you mean well, it's just something that you used on the show, and now you
0: start using it in your personal life. you ever say, hey, now, as a, as a kid? No, but uh, I said, uh, hey. Yeah. And I said, uh, now. I mean, I I it, sure. at different times. I but, uh, I, no, I never put them together till later. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to the shows we watched with me, James King, and my fabulous co-host, Emily Johnston. So what are we talking about this week, Emily?
0: First of all, thanks for calling me fabulous. Uh, Well, of course, it's Gary Shandling's alter ego. It's talk show host Larry Sanders.
1: Yes, the Larry Sanders show. Uh, Not an actual talk show, of course. It was a send-up, and yet... I mean, Gary Shandling is so convincing, isn't he, in in both uh, behind the behind-the-scenes bits that we see in, in this sitcom, mm-hmm. but also when he's presenting the actual show within a show. Yeah. Um, it kind of is a real talk show, in a way. Uh, what do you think about talk shows, Emily? Are you a fan? What's been your favourite ones? What did you grow up Oof, watching?
0: We're starting with the big questions yeah, today. Yeah, I was a Letterman girl.
1: Okay. He was the best, wasn't he?
0: Well, I mean, I think it's kind of like saying, do you drink Coke or Pepsi? Right. I think everybody had their their person. And same yeah. today with yeah, late yeah, night yeah. shows. You had your person and that was who you watched. Right. Did uh, you have a person? Was it the same over here? Did you have late night like we had in America?
1: No, because they have tried it. But the thing is, of course, you can have a daily talk show in the States because there were enough famous people around yeah. to have them on as guests every night. <laughs> Whereas in the UK, you run out quite quickly. and there are, <laughs> But also, you know, there aren't American or, or international celebrities coming over here. Yeah. to promote stuff. It's just not happening as much.
0: Well, I mean, today, I suppose. But is yeah. that why James Corden had to <laughs> hike it over somewhere? <laughs> well, I guess so, because the
1: times that they've tried to do a daily show, which they have on a few occasions, they, it, the content runs out quickly. Um, because if you think about when people are promoting a movie or an album, whatever, and let's say Taylor Swift's in the UK because she's promoting something, or, or Tom Cruise or whatever, it yeah. doesn't happen that often. Um, whereas is a lot true. of these people live in the states, so that it's a lot true. easier for them for, for them to go on those shows. So uh, that's why it's weekly. The talk shows over here are okay. once weekly, really. Okay. Um, well, I
0: suppose yeah, Graham Norton is is one of those. Yeah, guys. he gets
1: he gets big stars. He does get the best but it's ones, once a week and it's not throughout the whole year. He has the summer off.
0: I sort of prefer the. Oh God, we're way off topic. I sort of prefer <laughs> the once a week. The, every night is just intense. But actually, yeah. funnily enough, before we jump in, yeah, that apparently. Why um, this show happened? Because it was uh, the idea was to actually have a real late night show, and he yeah. went no nah. with
1: Shandling, yeah, and he right. said
0: no, I don't want to do something every night, and yeah. that's why it ended up being well, why don't we do this instead?
1: This the, uh, this is nothing, and we will get on. I promise you, we'll get <laughs> on to Gary Shandling, and but the, this is from me as a non-American, which I've, uh, so the obviously as the show's title suggests, the late mm. show, late late show, whatever. These are on late.
0: Very late. I think it's like uh, 12.35am. I
1: mean, I guess that's different in terms of what coast you're on, but... But who's? That's a late to it stay up and watch workers. that. Shift workers, right? So okay. if
0: you're if you're pulling a a, a late or early shift, I'm not even sure which. A weird <laughs> yeah. shift in time, yeah. then that's when you have time to watch TV. Or if you're you know working and that's on. But TV. you're not going to get
1: huge audiences, are you? When it's that late I don't night, really know. but you get big stars.
0: I came from a very sheltered family. I wasn't allowed to stay up that late.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I suppose now, I mean, the thing about Corden is that it's so much of it is about social media. And so I know his interviews and the guests that he has, and the same with Fallon as well, because of things I've watched on YouTube, not because I've actually watched the show when it went out.
0: Well, that's true. Maybe their success is found afterwards when they're plugging everything on TikTok and and social media. uh, And that's when you watch it. But it is an interesting idea that uh, you know, so late. Ratings. And that's
1: kind of the point is that it's late. And that's what they called. And you'd have a late one. You'd have a late, late one, even later, yeah, a later talk I show ever... after <laughs> the first Wait, talk is there show. A
0: late, late, late one
1: <laughs> that becomes Lord. early morning, then doesn't it? That's like a breakfast show. Um anyway, talking about talk show hosts, uh Larry Sanders lasted for a long time. There's a right. six seasons on HBO, ninety episodes, which is actually longer than a lot of talk shows, real talk shows. Yeah, there have been a true. lot of failed real talk shows. Um see if you remember any of these. The the Chevy Chase show ended within a month of its debut in 1993. I yeah, I thought
0: he would be a great host.
1: He's a funny guy.
0: Yeah, so uh, affable.
1: Exactly, uh, but obviously not that affable. Otherwise, the show yeah. would still be on. So uh, Magic Johnson's talk show oh, that yeah, was on in the summer that. of 1998. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and I know she's your favorite, Chris, hosted by Chris Jenner. Ran, talk show ran for six months in 2013.
0: What that has got to be the only thing Chris <laughs> Jenner has ever touched that hasn't turned to solid gold. <laughs> oh my gosh, we don't see anything about that anymore. You, do you? don't. No, you don't. That's has, been erased. She has buried that. Yeah. absolutely buried that.
1: Um, but uh, part of Larry's charm, I guess, and the success of the Larry Sanders Show is that it's it's about showbiz and the the entertainment world poking fun at itself isn't it emily that's that's it w- is. why we loved it
0: well i think they did a really good job of summing up the entire show in the last 60 seconds of the show uh, and and i i don't think again we talk a lot about you don't realize this brilliance until you go back and you watch it again but i went back and i sort of picked my favorite episodes and watched them and i i, I always usually start with the first and the last episode as well um those are always things i want to bookend things with and the last 60 seconds rt says (laughs) i'm tired of bowing to executives who think creativity is nothing but an accounting problem yeah and he's saying this because he's saying he's bowing out he's he's leaving the circuit as it was and it's one of these moments where you go yeah you know actually all the past seasons that is what's been happening in every single episode That is the big fight with this idea of creativity versus money. And I feel like Hollywood has this need to make sure that the general public all know that this is the fight. This is the good (laughs) fight that actors and creatives have to battle every day with a shield and a sword. And they just have to go with the executives so that their creative you know, vibes are felt and shared with the universe and everyone with the money wants to put them down. And this is mirrored in so many television shows after this. So many people are, I mean, really... Pretty much, even and you know, you talk about Jeremy Piven, who goes on to be in, in entourage, in entourage, and it's yeah. the same thing. It's this battle of you know, good being creative, bad being money, and the constant battle between the two, and how something comes out that the general public sees that's either completely shit or not. <laughs> based it's on who quite won funny because
1: <laughs> because Hollywood is is completely based on money, you know, and it's like no one seems ashamed of that, or, or certainly you speak to a movie producer, that's what they want to tell you about. But not it. the actor. Yeah, so it's a difference because between... he's
0: making twenty million, and he's like, "We're good <laughs> with the money."
1: <laughs> yeah, and I guess that also applies to to the world outside of of TV and showbiz, doesn't it? But otherwise, it you know, there's only a certain amount of people in that industry who would be watching Larry Sanders. Um, but it was also successful with people who weren't in that industry because yeah. I guess that 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 idea of wanting to do something for the the nobility of doing it for the art. But also having to deal with the commercial realities of it as well is something that happens in so many areas and so many parts of the world, right? I mean, I mean, like as a blogger, I mean, surely you have to. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's like you have to think about: I need to make money for this, but I also want to do put something out there that I'm well, really it's, proud I of. I feel
0: like this is actually the it's a bigger yeah a bigger world globally known thing that struggling artists. Yeah. And and this whole idea that some of the greatest artists that have ever lived were not successful in their lifetimes. Yeah. And it's only posthumous posthumously. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's posthumously. Only, but it's only posthumously. It's only posthumously that we discover the greatness in their creativity and what they gave to the world. And this just seems like a constant battle. That is a real battle. It yeah. is. If you work in the entertainment industry, everyone will tell you that if you want to do something new and creative, you have to go up against the money, guys. Yeah. And you have to convince the money guys. that whatever it is that you're doing yeah. is going to make money. And that is the bottom line. Yeah. If it's not going to make it money... Means, and
1: there's a number of episodes when those guys sort of come down from the top floor, <laughs> you know, and visit Larry and go, yeah, you're not performing that well in the Midwest, you know, and they sort of break it down to... Well, even
0: the first episode where he's doing the garden weasel. Is it the garden weasel? <laughs> I think it's the garden weasel. And he wants to make a joke out of it. And then they have to find a way to basically... Ta- for Gary to talk... Sorry, about... Or Larry to talk... Yeah. Gary, Larry. For Larry to talk about... This garden weasel on the show, and yeah. you're you're immediate, and that's why this is what I really love about the series is it bookends itself perfectly. Yeah, it starts that way, it finishes that way, and there is no completion in it. There is just the, and we go onwards yeah. with the same attitude in life. Yeah, and I think it's a beautiful thing that they've done in six seasons.
1: Yeah, and I think as audiences we also like to see, and we don't see it that often, that actually the showbiz world, which can look perfect when we when we sit down and watch the finished product so we sit down and we watch Jimmy Fallon and we watch that show go out it's very polished brilliant but actually a show like the Larry Sanders show shows you what's going on behind the scenes yeah and the slog of it yeah the writer's room yeah just trying to find that perfect gag for the opening monologue uh, Janine Garofalo, Paul are the booker. Oh, she's you know, so the, brilliant. The politics that she has to go through yeah. in terms of who's going on the show. Yeah. And often that's about commerce as well, you know, because that network has a new show that they want to promote oh, yeah. so they have to be on that ch- chat show.
0: It's the spider web behind that nobody yeah. really understands and the brings light. the egos. <laughs> oh my God,
1: the egos. <laughs> the egos are just fantastic in, in Larry Sanders' show. Um, we'll get on
0: to more about yeah, that later. <laughs> I,
1: but essentially, they just, a lot of them just seem like awful people. And I love the I love the show but that but actually are these people you would want to hang out with uh, you know they seem like kind of awful people uh, a lot of the guys actually just seem like children aren't they they yeah. they need to be treated like children and just and actually it's a lot of the female characters who do that they kind of mother
0: they do these
1: these men because they just need looking after because they're so fragile
0: it's so true the ego massaging (laughs) that goes on throughout this the whole of the show is intense
1: so that behind the scenes thing i think is part of its appeal we love to pull back the curtain and actually you know chat shows are just so part of everyday life but here's what actually happens to get this show on air what was now i remember you telling me about a show that you watched that was kind of doing, I think, a similar thing, but it was about reality shows. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. was like, again, pulling back the curtain on reality shows. What yeah, was but that? this
0: it was, it. I mean, I think it was trying to be a comedy. It was very dark. <laughs> right, <okay. laughs> it's a show called Unreal.
1: Right. And I think
0: it's on, on Amazon. um, And... It yeah it was it was the same thing and I think it was the first of its kind to do. It does exactly the same thing. It yeah. is no it's the exact same model. So how much exposing. effort
1: goes into making these shows and the politics behind it?
0: Yeah, and it really is about showing the general public that show that you think is so fabulous and effortless actually has 50 runners behind it. Three fluffers, <laughs> you know, like people running to get Cheetos, you know, yeah. other people making sure that people are in the car at the right time, then producers yelling about us spending too much money on too much electricity, electricity with lighting. And all of these things are happening in the background. And then you know what it does. And this is what I will warn anyone that decides that they want to watch these shows. It either takes the magic out of it for you or increases the magic. <laughs> because you either Appreciate what people have to do to get you that finished product. Yeah. Or you go, God, this doesn't feel right at all to watch this because yeah. none of it's real. And it doesn't, it's not actually, you're not showing me what's real in life. You're showing me a manufacturer, you're showing me a movie. Yeah. It's that manufactured. So I think you can go one of two ways. For me, I look at reality TV now and I know what that, what the the dark underbelly of it is. Because it's unreal. Yeah. And that, yeah, well done. Well Thank done. You. And the people who wrote that were actually people that left The Bachelor. So they left The Bachelor, the real oh, Bachelor. Oh, and did a kind
1: of kiss and tell, Yeah, really. and
0: they basically wrote this series to be like, yeah. you have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. And
1: I guess that's why going back to 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 Gary Shandling being offered a chat show, and yeah. he had covered as well. I think he'd covered for Johnny Carson a few Yeah, times. he had, yeah. So he did know that world. Yeah. And he did know, you know, this is not him making it up. This is him writing from experience of what it's like yeah. to actually...
0: But what a brilliant move to be like, actually, I don't want to go on every night. It's too much work. Yeah. I want to go do something cooler and to create this.
1: And actually do a chat show, a fictional chat show that's probably better than a lot of real chat shows. Oh my God,
0: it's, amazing. it's, it's brilliant. I'll it talk brilliant about some comedy. of the, my
1: favorite guests actually on, uh, in a second. Um, people who've who've kind of appeared, but also were, were trailed to appear on the actual Larry Sanders <laughs> show. Um, you are listening to the shows. We watched more Larry Sanders coming up. Uh, did you actually? Did you know that Bernie Sanders' brother is called Larry Sanders? No. So if you Google Larry Sanders, there are loads of <laughs> loads of videos. It's like Larry Sanders supports Bernie for president, things like that. You're like what? Larry Sanders? <laughs> but actually, it's it's Bernie's brother. That's He's called hilarious. Larry Sanders. I think also, kind
0: of brilliant for a campaign. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, plus, of course, Gary Shandling. I mean, sadly, no longer with us. Died in March 2016. But whatever happened to his fortune? This was a guy without family. So where did his money go? The answer, I think, might surprise you. And it's all coming up. No flipping. No flipping. (laughs) No flipping. It's the shows we watched with me, James King.
0: And me, Emily Johnston.
1: So, uh, Gary Shandling um, has been working in showbiz for a long time, even you know, way before uh, the Larry Sanders show as a writer and performer. And like I said, covered for Johnny Carson uh, a few times as a chat show host too. So, let's be honest, he had a lot of money. He was a successful man. No, he was a successful yeah. guy. He'd made a fortune. But but he didn't have family to leave it to when he sadly passed away. So where did it go? And, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because actually it's a really heartwarming story. Um, he left we need it, more of that, James. Exactly. Yeah, I think Thank we do. You. Yeah, It's normally like dead animals, isn't it? I talk about so, you know. This dead is, people
0: doing good things. This is the, this is the heartwarming
1: side. Um, he left the majority of his fortune to the School of Medicine at UCLA. To fund research, nice. and and three years after his death, so February fourth, twenty nineteen, there was this ceremony, this dedication ceremony, um, of the Gary Shandling Learning Studio at UCLA. And it was built with his money. Um, Judd Apatow, who who's one of the you know the writers on on the Larry Sanders Show, hosted the event. Sarah Silverman, who'd been in the show as well, was there too. So you can, it's it's there. He's he's funded research. He's funded building. At UCLA. Is there a with the money left reason, in his will?
0: That, um, particular...
1: Well, I think partly because he didn't have family to leave it to, but, but why also that
0: place is Yeah, there, is there I think
1: any... I, well, it's interesting because there's a guy called Dr. Otto Young. Sorry. There's a guy called Dr. Otto Yang. And if you have time, look him up because Larry actually left him a million dollars. And this guy works as a, as a infectious disease physician and scientist at UCLA. Um, so I think there must be a connection, you know, you wonder, like, did he, had he met this guy before? Had he treated mm. Larry, um, or Gary, rather? Um, had <laughs> Gary been treated, you know, at UCLA when he'd yeah. been ill? Um, there has to be a connection there if you're going to leave your fortune yeah, to this, there has to be to some this hospital. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, have a look at Dr. Otto Yang, because he is essentially doing this amazing research, partly funded. Yeah by Gary Shandling's legacy. What
0: a way to leave the world. I
1: think he's brilliant, isn't that it? That is so good. Yeah, it's brilliant. So
0: unexpected. I thought you were going to say something like the Actors Guild.
1: <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It's actually to, you know, to, to forward the advance of science and humanity and good what things. What man. Yeah. I
0: also just have to say, side note, like, I when I first watched the show, I thought, is he really a good looking guy? And then... Who?
1: Gary? Larry?
0: Gary. Gary Larry. Gary Larry. Gary yeah. Larry um, Glary. He is, at, and actually when he's, <laughs> Miles. Yeah. He's one of those people that you know he this you know people that like enter a room and then all, they smile it's and the twinkly. whole room lights up. Yeah. He is one of those guys. Yeah. So it is remarkable to, to watch that turn on. It is like turning on a light in a room.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's so few people in this world that have that. And that was him. That was him. That was him. That, was him. that wasn't him acting. I mean, he's a yeah. great actor, but like I feel like that was him as a human being. So to hear that he left the world in that way. Yeah. is so brilliant and such a nice finish. Yeah. to his time here.
1: Um we talked about well briefly mentioned some of the 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 big guest stars. Yeah. that they have on the actual talk show. yeah, um, And it's huge. I mean, like, oh my God, pretty much everybody like has been on there.
0: Insane. I wrote down a few of them. Actually, I'll I'll just start because yeah. I've just mentioned him and looks because I did have this discussion with someone. Would you sleep with Larry? <laughs> Would you sleep with Larry? Well,
1: I was sipping on water there as you said that. <laughs> what? Who did you have that discussion with? Doesn't
0: matter. My girlfriend. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't worry. It wasn't your wife. <laughs> um, but we were talking about it and I said... You know, because you know what it came up because of Sharon Stone.
1: Yeah. So, oh yes. Well, she was, you know, very close to to Gary Shandling. Uh, yeah.
0: And in one of the episodes, of course, they sleep together yeah. and they're they're in a like small relationship. And she, at the time, and still is one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood. And you kind of go, wait a second, what? And then I think there are two camps here. Yeah. On would you or wouldn't you? <laughs> right. And I think it's the smile that lights up the room for me that I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's that. Well, I mean, he also
1: slept with Ellen in one episode. I mean, so you
0: know. <laughs> I mean, he's got magical powers. But the list of people that have been on this show is insane. Yeah. Just to name a few, obviously, we have Sharon Stone, Sting, yeah. Brooke Shields, Rob Lowe, Tom Petty. Brilliant. Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, Hugh Hefner, Jim Carrey, Alex Trebek. I mean, the list is if you Look up the list of people. It is so long that you have to scroll through like four pages, four scrolls. And actually what's great, some of the
1: musical guests, they do quite a long performance as well, don't they? You do get quite a good chunk of their music when they're they're playing it. It's
0: like a real talk show. But
1: then you also get sort of the lineups that are announced by Artie just in passing, who's going to be on the show tonight, but you never actually see them. So ultimately they can kind of just have fantasy lists really because they they never actually have those people and there was one where they said oh on the show tonight Roger Ebert Bill Nye the science guy and Michelle Pfeiffer I'm just thinking that's a show I'd watch I'd love to see that episode Bill Nye the
0: science guy that that would be brilliant
1: Um, and then there is one again I'm bringing it down I always bring it down I watched one and the, the actual guests you know who were on the sofa and in the studio were Gene Siskel John Ritter and Warren Zevon, I thought Aww. they all these guys died in their fifties. Oh my god! That's like, I mean, that they're all together and they're all. I mean, Gary Shandling was only sort of mid sixties when he yeah. died, but that's weird that that all those three guys were all on the same show.
0: Oh. That's and that they all creepy, suffered actually. the
1: same fate. Um, do you have a favorite character? I mean, if you don't, it's fine, because I, I want to tell you about mine. A,
0: fam- a famous character or a Fav- famous a guest? A favorite character. I mean, I think Larry was my favorite. Well, he's
1: that twinkle, isn't he? He does. Yeah. But I,
0: I do think my... I have a favorite guest, though. Oh, okay, yeah. David Duchovny. <laughs> I mean, the, and apparently <laughs> yeah. that was... Well,
1: that's a good thing, isn't it? They have a sort of mutual attraction to one another. Well,
0: I don't know if it's mutual. Oh, no, I think it's not. You know, no. David wasn't... So apparently the story... David Duchovny did an interview few yeah. years ago and the guy who was interviewing I think it was Huffington Post and he said I just have to ask you about this mm. and david kind of laughed with a twinkle in his eye and he said i'm i'm actually i was really good friends with gary and i just kind of called him one day and went wouldn't it be really funny if i was like attracted to you <laughs> and and he said the brilliance of working with him was that you can literally suggest anything. And yeah. he'd go, cool, we'll write it in. Yeah. And there wasn't, it didn't have to go up the the pole. Like it just, that's what it was. Yeah. You know, he, nobody had to approve it. He just went, let's go for it. And I think it was at least two episodes that they played that out with this awkward <laughs> kind of like to come to me and like listen I'm not I'm not a homosexual I just am really attracted to you and I feel for you the way I feel for women and he's like yeah. I'm pretty sure that means something <laughs> and it's actually just and then the scene where he's sitting in a robe <laughs> in the, I think it's in the Beverly Hills Hotel sharing everything <laughs> to Larry but it's there are just so many moments like that that yeah. are so beautiful and I love the way that the celebrities really just take the mickey out of themselves. Yeah. And I think for them, that was the fun of the show is they got to make fun of who they were as yeah, celebrities. Yeah, because they
1: often played against type, didn't they? Yeah. You know, they you might think that they're the loveliest person that might be their on-screen persona, yeah. but on the Larry Sanders show when yeah. we see them they could be awful
0: well like Jim Carrey yeah the Jim Carrey performance when he's like all the Jim Carrey we know from like the mask and Ace Ventura and stuff and then the cameras turn off and he basically like gives him the finger <laughs> and it's like saying that he's better than him and you're like what Jim Carrey's the nicest guy on the planet don't be like this but he, he could also see in his eye he was like I love this I get to be the yeah. baddie yeah
1: I love Hank, though I think. Well, no, I say you would love Hank. I, well, it's kind of weird with Hank because um, I think I. I mean, the reason I'm I'm fascinated by Hank, uh, who's played by Jeffrey Tambor, um, and he's Lowry's, you know, he's warm up guy, his sidekick, <laughs> and a lot of the episodes actually start with Hank doing the warm up, the same warm up. Yeah. Um, uh, the reason I'm fascinated by Hank is because I I know Hanks. The, the world of broadcasting the world right. of the media the world of show business is so well i think the world as a whole is so full of hanks yeah and these are people who and we're not so, talking tom <laughs> no we're not talking tom no um, the, the phrase is failing upwards isn't it you know the people who who kind of have no no discernible talent but still seem to find themselves in quite a prestigious position, yeah. And I know that Hank is always a little bit frustrated and wants to, you know, present the whole show or or, or get more famous as a celebrity. But at the end of the day, he's still on a national TV show, a national yeah. talk show. Um. And uh, but he's terrible. He is terrible. <laughs> he's terrible. And there's an episode where he does get to cover for for Larry because Larry's got food poisoning. Um. A se- a season three, episode six, and so Hank finally gets that break. And he covered, no one else can do it, that short notice. Dana analysis. Carvey isn't available. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and he covers for Larry. And he does an okay job because he's kind of nervous, but but the audience warms to that and people quite mm. like it. And you think, oh, okay, he's, he's fine. But of course, it completely goes to his head. Yeah. And within 24 hours, he's unbearable as a person. And again, it's that classic example of him just being awful. Yeah. Is that There's a glimpse where you go, actually, maybe Hank's okay. Maybe he's all right, but then he just reverts to type and and it goes to his head.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, And even the whole thing with hey now, you know, his phrase, hey now. Um, Where
0: did that even come from?
1: And the fact that he's sort of like obsessed with it and holds on to it. It's like this crutch for him because he's, you know, ultimately like a lot of these people, he's insecure. He probably knows that he doesn't have a lot of talent. Yeah. But he holds on to that phrase as if it's like this kind of magical mantra that and it can never gets picked up. Break any ice, <laughs> you know, always going to laugh, all these things. And he'll just say it to people to try and go, look, it's me, and no yeah. one's really bothered. Yeah. And there's that brilliant bit where he um talks about how he developed the phrase. I mean it's hey now, it's not a it's not a difficult phrase. <laughs> and he goes, This is in episode 13 when we first hear it in in season one. He said, I used to say hey. <laughs> and, I, and I said now, but, but it was at different times. I never put them together until later in life. So in that sense, it's part of my personality. Oh, and just oh, that God. idea that, you know, he's so, he's, you know, he's so misguided. That he thinks this is something amazing, that he's got this catchphrase. Is
0: it before or after Crowded House released? Don't dream it's over? Hey, oh, no. Oh, of course. Hey yeah, now. no, it would probably
1: be after, actually, but maybe <laughs> well, they got I mean, the idea. But, hey, yeah, I thought that about really that. Where did that really come from, Hank? I haven't thought about that. But but yeah, so I'm fascinated by him because I think there are lots of people like him, certainly in that world. I'm fascinated by that desperation that he has. It's pathetic, really. I mean, he's, he's sort of a pathetic character. Um, And we won't even get into the whole Jeffrey Tambor and and things that he's kind of admitted to in in, in real life. Mm. Um, But but I I guess that kind of also colours my opinion of of who Hank is. Um, But he's such a recognisable character. And and maybe even, do we talk about The Office every week? I think we do. But maybe even, (laughs) you know, there's a bit of Michael Scott there. You know, Michael Scott is this other, you know, another guy who is sort of desperate, isn't he? Desperate to be liked. Desperate to be seen as, you know, the fun guy. Yeah. But actually, we know he's, he's kind of a sympathetic character.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, and there's a life lesson there, isn't there? But in the fact that, you, you know, the tryhards, the people that need to be liked are the ones yeah. that are always the last person to be loved and adored. It's the people that just kind of sit back and everybody flocks to them. And you're like, why can't I be that effortlessly chic? Yeah. And Yeah, it's just it, it's something they can never take hold of.
1: That feels like Jerry's final message from the Jerry Springer show you know when he ends on like a little life lesson
0: <laughs> What is that called?
1: Oh isn't that isn't that what he is? Isn't is it just that,
0: life lesson? Life... Well final
1: final thoughts Jerry's final thoughts final Jerry's, thoughts. Final, thought, Jerry's isn't it? final thoughts yeah, We yeah.
0: should start doing that Yeah
1: Emily's final thoughts <laughs>
0: What did we learn from the sitcom James?
1: Yeah I, th- I, th- I think that's a lovely final thought Don't try too hard Don't be like Hank
0: Don't be like Hank Oh my god that should be a t-shirt
1: Emily as always a pleasure
0: Absolutely a pleasure James
1: The Shows We Watched is a production of Diversion Audio. If you'd like to send us an email, a voicemail, a comment, or even an idea for a show, or you just want to say hello. We'll say hello back. Yes, we will. Probably. Actually, I don't <laughs> want to get into trouble and say we definitely will. We probably Somebody will. Somebody on our team yeah. will. <laughs> um, our email address is gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and we may use your message in a future show.
0: Find us also on social media. We're on the shows we watched, or sorry, at theshowswewatched uh, or visit theshowswewatched.com and you can find me at Emily Jane Johnston and James at james king movies
1: this season was written researched and hosted by me james king along with my co-host emily johnston
0: our supervising producer and sound mixer is mark francis concept by john tuttle head of marketing is erica farmer and original theme music is by tyler cash
1: the shows we watched was recorded at vox pod studios here in london and our executive producers are jacob bronstein mark francis and scott waxman for diversion audio
0: Vision audio.